Hey team, this is James from The World's Last Night. Today guys, we're in Genesis chapter 40, and we are going to see the amazing character of Joseph through how he spends his time in prison and his attitude towards the whole ordeal. Something I want to, to think about in this chapter is, what do you do when your world is going black? When you've been wronged, or when something has afflicted you, you've lost a loved one, you've gone through a breakup, you've lost a job. There's several reasons in this world to become very inward focused on self-pity and depressed. And if anyone has these reasons, it is Joseph who was betrayed by his own family, sold into slavery, did a good job in slavery, and yet still was wronged by Potiphar's wife, thrown into prison for it, and now he finds himself in prison in a foreign land. And so if anyone has reason to be um, defensive, to indulge in self-pity, to have a woe-is-me attitude, to be only inward-focused about what he is going through, really it's Joseph. But we're going to find that he puts on what we would call today a Christ-like attitude in the midst of these circumstances. So we'll pick it up in verse 1, chapter 40. After this, the king of Egypt's cupbearer and his baker offended their master, the king of, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer bearer, and the chief baker, and put them into custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison where Joseph was confined. So, these two roles are very important in a kingdom. The cupbearer is in charge of Pharaoh's wine, and so he is highly trusted because this is the guy that directly hands the cup of wine to Pharaoh for him to drink from. And as you know, a way to assassinate a king or a Pharaoh is to poison them through what they drink. So this is a highly trusted right-hand man who has a lot of authority in a kingdom. Secondly, the baker is in charge of the king's food, which is another way that someone could be poisoned. So they are a highly trusted, highly regarded person in the kingdom. It would seem, we don't have proof of this, but it would seem like there was some sort of plot to assassinate Pharaoh. And both of these men are suspects. And so they're being thrown into prison for this. We don't, it doesn't directly tell us that, but that is something that we could probably infer. So they're in prison, and they happen to be thrown in the same prison that Joseph's in. So the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in prison, each had a dream. Both had a dream on the same night, and each dream had its own meaning. So, a little bit about dreams. Not all dreams are from God. Probably very few are. In the Bible, uh, pagans, unbelievers, they dream dreams that God has given them about twice as much as the people who are believers do. It's a way that God does speak to people that do not know him. And these dreams might trouble these people until they find and they seek out an interpretation for them to find the truth of what is trying to be spoken to them. We do hear frequently uh, many Muslims who will have dreams about Jesus. Jesus being a prophet in the Quran who... It's said about him, he is not crucified. He was swept up into heaven. So Muslims believe in Jesus. They just don't believe that he's the son of God. And they believe that the, the New Testament is corrupt. However, Jesus in the Quran 
is the only prophet that heals. And so frequently people who are Muslims who are going through a time of great despair for an illness will seek out and wonder and about who this prophet Jesus was in their Bible, who, you know, two billion other people in the world actually worship as a son of God. So sometimes you will find uh, Muslims who have good dreams about Jesus and that, you know, they wake up and it, it like irks them. They want to know, what does this mean? What does this mean? And it might actually lead them to faith in Christ who can save them. So that's uh, just some fun facts about dreams in, in scripture, about twice as much occurring with unbelievers than believers. So, okay, they both had dreams on the same night, and each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they looked distraught. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were in custody with him in his master's house, why are your faces sad today? This is amazing. This is a man who has been wronged since he was 17 years old. And uh, over a decade later, I don't know how long he's been in prison at this point, but after 11 years of slavery and then prison, he is not inward focused. He is looking towards the grief of others and how he can serve others. This is a type for Jesus, who is the ultimate example of someone who was wronged in this life. And still, he was always outward focused. Even whenever he, you know, asked for quiet time to be with his father, he would still give deference to those who needed him because he was moved with compassion and love for those people. So here's Joseph, who has every right, really, to be depressed and angry and bitter, and yet he's not thinking about himself. He's thinking about others. And practically speaking, as someone who has two times in my life suffered with depression— it can very quickly go away with two things. One, coming to God and laying it at his feet and receiving healing from him and an impartation of joy and grace through him. But secondly, a proactive attitude of the, being concerned about others' needs. The time that I went through it in college, I actually spent an entire summer just hanging out with the homeless. I made some good friends, a man named Michael, for example, who several years later, I found out that he got off the street, which was awesome. But I would just spend my lunches on my lunch break eating with people like Michael and, and try to like minister to them, even though I was going through grief. It gave me a better perspective that I, the world's not all about me and God hasn't called me just to be about me. He's called me to serve and love others. And so by doing the practical coupled with the importation of grace, like that's a way to kind of overcome depression. So in any case, Joseph seems to be proactive about things and worried about others, which is the big takeaway. Why are your faces sad today? We had dreams, they said to him, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to, said to them, don't interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. So Joseph has a right understanding that if God's the one that gives a, a meaningful dream, he's also the one that can give the interpretation. And so Joseph is going to be used as a vessel by God to interpret these dreams. He's going to, he's going to quote unquote, guess some things about these dreams that no one could possibly guess without it being a, a prophetic word that God has given him to give to these two men. So God is using this situation um, for Joseph's good, as we'll find out. But he's also using Joseph as a son of God, not a tool, 
it's going to be for Joseph's good, right, um, to help these two servants that have been thrown into prison likewise to interpret his dreams. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph. In my dream, there was a vine in front of me. On the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, its blossoms came out and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. This is the interpretation, Joseph said to him. The three branches are three days. In just three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position. You will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand the way you used to when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well for you, remember that I was with you. Please show kindness to me by, by mentioning me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. For I was kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing that they should put me in the dungeon. Verse 16. Okay, so this is a, a good interpretation for this dream for the cupbearer. He's going to be in three days, lifted back up to his old position, and forgiven by Pharaoh. So you can imagine that if this was true, then Pharaoh is going to deem him innocent. It's amazing that Joseph would use three days. A lot of times, you know, false prophets or just shysters, when they're when they give prophecy or some sort of word or whatever, by their tarot cards or, you know, whatever. Usually it's vague, very vague. So a person who's trying to fool you, you know, they might say something based on what you're wearing, what's on your ID, whatever, some sort of quote unquote prophecy, but they're being vague because they want you to connect the dots in your mind later on in life. Oh, that, that was true what that person said, because, you know, the vagaries, you, you then start to make it more specific based on your experiences. However, Joseph, though, he's giving this prophecy three days. In three days, you're getting your position back. And so we know for a fact that if that doesn't happen in three days, Joseph is a false prophet. So that's, you know, if it does happen, then you know that God is with Joseph. It's a good way to tell the difference between a false prophet and a true prophet is, well, does it come true? Okay, 16. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was positive, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. Three baskets of white bread were on my head, and the top basket were all sorts of baked goods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is its interpretation, Joseph replied. The three baskets are three days. In just three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from off you and hang you on a tree. Then the birds will eat the flesh from your body. So not a great interpretation for the baker. And it could be that the baker is the guilty party in here of trying to assassinate Pharaoh. It could also be that Pharaoh just decided he would punish someone. That's the problem with having absolute power and no really good justice system in place. Verse 20, On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he gave a feast for all his servants. He lifted up the heads of his chief cupbearer and the chief baker. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position as cupbearer, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker, just as Joseph had explained to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not mention Joseph. He forgot him. Before we talk about that, I wanted to pay attention to the fact that earlier on, um, these people were put... Okay, it says, verse 4, sorry, the captain of the guard assigned Joseph to them, and he became their personal attendant, and they were in custody for some time. The same captain could very well have been Potiphar, since he was the captain of the bodyguard anyway. The captain of the guard assigned Joseph to them, so he's putting Joseph 
as their personal attendant in prison. These uh, talking about the cupbearer and the baker. The reason I wanted to point that out before actually like moving on was um, it's more credence and evidence that perhaps Potiphar did not believe his wife and still wanted to treat Joseph decently in prison because he felt that he he was falsely accused. Other words, if he really did, if he really thought that he was trying to rape his wife, he would not treat Joseph that well. That's sort of the the logic behind that that commentaries commenters will give. Okay, so we just saw that on the third day, which was happens to be Pharaoh's birthday, he offers this feast. He restores the cupbearer to his position, and the chief baker is hanged. His body's put in a tree, and the birds of the air scavenge from it. Pretty gruesome end to the baker, but this is exactly what Joseph had prophesied would happen. The thing is, though, the chief cupbearer doesn't remember Joseph. He forgets about him, I guess in his excitement, forgets about him, this lowly ex-slave that gave this prophecy, and doesn't have the cojones to tell Pharaoh about him. And so Joseph is once again (laughs) wronged and left in prison. That's not going to be the end of it, though. Verse 40, or chapter 41, when we come back, is going to be amazing. And we're going to see this great reversal in Joseph's life because God has a plan for him. He has not forgotten about him, has not forgotten about the word that he gave Joseph long ago before he was sold into slavery, the dreams that he gave Joseph. Um, So until then, this is James from the world's last night. I'm super stoked to get to chapter 41.